0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. This is Katie Weaver, and I'm here with my sister, co-anchor and partner in crime, Christy Brower. Hello.
1: Hello. Hey, everybody. How's How's it going? It is good. Good. Uh I have been very tired this afternoon because I screwed up my blood sugar and dropped it to 55 by accident. Ooh, and yeah. You know, if you're a diabetic and you deal with insulin, you know that when that happens, you're just like done for the day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: By the time you get your back yourself back up to normal, it's fine. But like all day this just late this afternoon, I've just been like, Yeah, that's it. That's that's all I got for today, yeah. America.
0: Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. You know, I I was diabetic with my first pregnancy and had to do shots briefly. And then they went, Your blood sugar is bottoming out like every day. Maybe you don't actually need shots. Maybe you just shouldn't have drank all that juice that Wick gave you and you'd be fine. (laughs) And it (laughs) turned out that's really all I needed a little (laughs) diet modification. And it actually Wick's
1: fault the entire time. Gotcha.
0: But they put me in the hospital initially. They made me start on insulin shots, but I was having lows like that daily. And I was so sick. I felt like I was dying.
1: Sorry. Oh, they're the freaking worst. Yeah. And it just takes so much out of you. It takes so much energy. Yes. That, and I, it doesn't happen to me very often, but every once in a while I will make a mistake and overdose myself and yeah. Ugh. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm so. here for this. I'm ready to be your blind yes. reactor. Yes. I've, so here's what happened. I've heard some bullshit's going down
0: oh man this is just brief a palooza on the valo daybell case so this is our tuesday case and so uh mm-hmm. in case you're wondering but i uh, this so after court last what we had court on thursday with them right mm-hmm. well friday a whole bunch of briefs showed up and things that we hadn't seen yet now, it's possible that they already fought some of this out on Thursday and we just don't know it, right? Right, because in their little breakout rooms. Yeah. but they keep it all from us yeah. rooms. So a few things that you have to know. The first of which is that, as you know, Mark Means filed that humongous brief here about a month ago alleging that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the Idaho Department of Health and Welfare, and the prosecutor's office... Had conspired to set Lori up. <laughs> and that what they did yeah. is they convinced her to call a law firm in Utah called Curtin McConkie. These are his allegations. Please don't think I'm actually saying this happened. It uh, didn't, Lord, but, no, no, no. Uh, they claimed that an, a counselor at Health and Welfare had given Lori homework to call the church's legal team which he initially claimed that she called uh, the church headquarters. uh, Even, you know, swore on, you know, an affidavit that that was true. That's not true. And he's now uh, saying something different though. He's not, you know, no apology there for getting it wrong the first time. But at any rate, she called Curtin McConkie. Now Curtin McConkie is a law firm in Salt Lake city that does frequently represent the church. They don't, they are not a member or, you know, they're not the church. They are a law firm that represents them from time to time. That gets right. more interesting later on in this conversation. So remember that. So supposedly Lori had called there and spoken to a man named Daniel McConkie, an attorney there, and told him, according to her, her life story, you know, that she laid out everything and he told her that, uh, you know, that they couldn't help her, but she should call the Idaho State Bar. Now, what we knew, or according to Means, right, that she, this whole conversation was because she needed some help because she needs to get a different attorney, right? Right. And all along, we've been like, which attorney? Mm
1: -hmm. Which
0: attorney? That's going to get important later on, too.
1: Because Means' reaction was such, like, butthurt mm -hmm. ego bullshit that it did Mm -hmm. seem as though maybe it was him.
0: Well, his yes, the, the hurt ego routine has been going on because you... Probably no. And if you guys are already aware of all of this, I, I'm i sorry. But if you're not, you kind of need to hear a little of the backstory to, for this to make any sense at all. Right. But earlier this year, earlier in the summer, Lori was court appointed an additional attorney. Uh, she has been declared indigent. And so now the uh, state's paying her bills. And the state has a rule that if you are being charged with the death penalty, which she's going to be, as soon as she's spiffed up and out of the mental hospital and ready to come back to court. Right. uh, And so they went ahead and assigned a death penalty certified attorney to her case, because by state law, you have to have one. Right. If you are, if you're on the state's dime.
1: Right. And she
0: is. So they had assigned a man named Jim Archibald. And. It's very clear that Archibald and Means aren't working together at all. <laughs> or I'm assuming even speaking at this point. Uh
1: yeah, no. They've yet to file anything that both their names were on it together. Yeah. They don't well, seem actually, to have much conversation with one another.
0: Yeah, and, and from the time that uh, Archibald has been uh, you know, put into place to now, I think he's only filed one or two things. Right. You know, he's he's not got his filing fingers on. He, there's no well, need I mean, to. Her Laurie's case is staged. She's in the hospital. Right. There's not much that can be done except for just drum up a bunch of bullshit drama like Means has been uh-huh. doing. Which is what Means keeps doing. Yeah. I'm starting to wonder if this is just to keep the lights on so he has something to bill for. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, It's a thought. But anyway. It uh, is a thought. So, and but every time anyone has been to court representing Lori since then, it has been Mr. Archibald. We haven't seen Mark's mm-hmm. Means' face. In months, many mm-hmm. months. No. Uh, you know, and in fact, even court the other day, he was not in uh, on the Zoom. He was on the phone and yeah. we never heard his voice. He was not present yeah. as far as uh, the proceedings that we were privy to were concerned. Yeah. Apparently he was there, but, you know, nary a word from him. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so he's all kinds of stirred up. So he had sent out that very inflammatory. You know, brief here recently, he was calling for the health and welfare, the the entirety of the Department of Health and Welfare to be disqualified. Mm -hmm. He was looking for sanctions against the prosecutor and potentially a new special prosecutor to be assigned since Mr. Wood just cannot quit breaking the law, (laughs) Uh, asking for Brady violations, um, just a bunch of things that uh, were super inflammatory. We're out the quote button. On his mm-hmm. computer keyboard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Everything basically alleging and he that everyone is setting up his attorney or, or his client. Everyone's yeah. setting up his client. This is a big conspiracy. The LDS Church is conspiring against her, you know, and all of this stuff that all the while yeah. I'm like, you know, they found the kids in Chad's yard, right? You uh, You know yeah. that, right? You know, mm-hmm. like, come on. It means come on, man. But he is desperately trying to deflect anything he possibly can away from Lori. Right. So with all of that being said, then the prosecutor's office responded last week with a scathing brief. It was, I, I can only was, imagine the bulletin it took for means to recover from that. Because right. It, it was, was the wrong.
1: sickest burn I've ever read in my whole life.
0: And I believe so that was good. our Tuesday case last week, if you're interested in hearing it. It was, yes. And it is very
1: very worth watching because it is well you know Rob Woods tried to be a little easy going through this whole thing and he, uh-huh. that dude is done uh-huh.
0: he's now he's done, done. with this and bullshit the court to in essence neuter means he said yes. we are very concerned that Mr. Means continues to uh, because basically what Mark did when he put that brief out he may have violated Lori's HIPAA rights he may have Violated attorney client privilege. Right. He puts things out there that belong to her that she can't give him permission to make because right. she's in the state hospital. Yeah. And so it's, it's a very the place he area. wanted her to be,
1: too. That's yes, this is what he wanted for her. This was the thing, yeah. you know.
0: Yeah, so anyway, basically, they said sanctioning the entire health and welfare is ridiculous. If you want to know what happened, go talk to health and welfare. If you want to file a grievance, go file a grievance with health and welfare. Like, this isn't even the channel for any of what you're trying to do. Right. You know, and there was no Brady violation because Means just absolutely does not understand the Brady law at all.
1: No. Repeatedly,
0: Uh this has been an issue. Yeah. Well, after Means got his hair on fire and filed that first brief, Pryor decided to join the bandwagon and file on Chad's behalf. Uh, basically kind of demanding that the court take a look at this and it's just so egregious and flushed his pearls until they flew off and skittered across the floor. And
1: Definitely. Well, and implying that they would be, they would have, this situation would affect Chad as well because these mm-hmm. cases are
0: joined and yeah. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, then Means filed another completely different deal uh, going after the, this totally slays me, it still does, demanding some information From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, from the Mormon Church, uh, and trying to subpoena uh, both uh, the stake president from that ward as a person and as a stake president, asking for a bunch of information about Chad being excommunicated from the church. Right. Why was Mr. Means asking for anything having to do with Chad being excommunicated from the church? That's not even his client. No. But also... Means provided in his brief two letters that are very confidential as far as the church is concerned, letting Chad know that they were going to have a council to decide what to do with him. And and he was in jail, so he couldn't speak on his own behalf anyway. But then following that up with a, yes, we've decided you have uh, broken the rules. You're an apostate. We're kicking you out. Right. So Means provided those and shared them for the world to see. Okay. Yeah. Well, which weird. I'm amazed. Not your
1: client. Well, and I'm amazed he got a hold of them because th- this is the kind of communication that the Mormon Church does not share no. publicly. Those they don't had want
0: anybody knowing to have what comes from Emma. They would have had to have come from Emma. Surely, though, that was mail that showed up at Chad's house. Right. Yeah. Because I I don't believe for one
1: minute that the Mormon Church leadership gave up those letters because no. they they don't do that.
0: No, they don't do that. So they now have responded. And guess who the law firm is? Curtin Curtin (laughs) McConkie. This situation. It's very tangled. So without Mm -hmm. further ado, let's get to some briefs. Well, let's let's do. Okay. Well, before we do that, we got to talk about something that happened at court or maybe happened at court. There was a subpoena for court that day to Nicole Cleveland, clinician, oh, yes. Idaho Department of Health and Welfare. Yes. You are commanded to appear before the Honorable Stephen W. Boyce District Judge at the District Court of the 7th district blah, 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 district That's not a word. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Judicial District. Judicial District via Zoom on the second day of December 2021 at 1 p.m. Oh, well, we were there.
1: Yeah, and uh, she was not. Was she? Was she because they had that big breakout thing. Maybe she was. Maybe she was. I mean, she can't testify in open court. No, her information about Lori is definitely confidential.
0: Yeah, and we want it to be. We want it to be right. That's the thing, right? We don't want Lori's uh rights to be violated. We don't want Any chance for any technicalities to get this monster off or to have to cause, you know, to have to do this shit all over again. We want Lori's rights to be completely protected. Yes.
1: Well, we do. And yeah, I mean, as much as we'd like to know what was said, uh, that would be a huge violation. We don't want that. We don't want any grounds for mistrial or for appeal, that kind of thing.
0: Mm -hmm. there was another brief filed by actually an order filed by the uh, attorney general's office this happened on the 26th an order sealing the idaho health and welfare motion Mm -hmm. so which we expected right right you have to seal that you have to protect her HIPAA rights so Mm -hmm. this is just uh this order is limited to the hearings and documents for Idaho Health and Welfare's motion to modify the subpoena duces tecum, because basically the Idaho Health and Welfare's attorney came back and said, "Ah, uh, yeah, we're not coming to court to testify unless that's sealed because we can't." So right. this is all the kind of the song and dance that's been going on in the in the background. So, right, not that important, but interesting to note. That well, it's very important actually, but you know, interesting to know all of those things going on kind of behind the scenes that we don't really get to know about, you know. So, all right, so we covered that. I'm just going I want to make sure we talk about all of them because uh I haven't seen any of these hit the news and they typically do. But I haven't seen I know I am sort of surprised that Justin Lum hasn't posted these yet and stuff, but they're huge. They're huge. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, let's talk about Curtin McConkie. So, Curtin McConkie filed a motion to quash or modify subpoena duces tecum. Uh, basically, you know, because they feel like what has been uh, filed that the that Mr. Means is asking for is uh, really inappropriate. So I'm just going to read you their conclusion because it's very long, but means asked for a myriad of things and they responded in in kind, uh, a, the subpoena documents appear to have no relevance to the underlying matter upon the court's request. The church is willing to produce them for in-camera review, but they won't provide them uh, written copies because Mm -hmm. they can refuse Mm -hmm. the church's disciplinary files are protected from disclosure by the first amendment. And in any case appear to have no relevance again, why are we being asked to provide things to Lori's attorney on behalf of Chad? Why? See, The disciplinary file at issue is also protected by the clergy parishioner privilege, which we know does exist. Mm -hmm. And D, respondents' communications with their attorneys are protected by attorney-client privilege. (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) Said to
0: an attorney, Seems like you know that this made me laugh. It said, finally... The subpoena also calls for the production of materials protected by the attorney-client privilege. Specifically, Request 6 calls for communications between respondents and their legal counsel. This is the very definition of materials protected by the attorney-client privilege. (laughs) Yeah. So here's Mm -hmm. the conclusion. The subpoena should be modified or quashed to the extent it seeks irrelevant and protected documents. The ecclesiastical membership council records are protected by the First Amendment and the clergy parishioner privilege. The communications between respondents and their attorneys are also privileged. For these reasons, respondents respectfully ask the court to quash the subpoena. I got to tell you guys, it's very weird to read these and everything is spelled right. Right. Yeah. And I haven't yet to see a quotation mark. Any quotation marks? (laughs) In the alternative, respondents request that the court modify the subpoena to exclude any irrelevant, privileged, or otherwise protected material. As indicated upon request, respondents will produce the withheld documents for the court's review in camera. We'll hold Mm -hmm. it up. And you can see it. And that's it. But again, why? (laughs) This doesn't even apply to us. Why are we being asked for this? That was that uh, they did exhibit a they had uh, included Mark's initial request to them. And then, of course, those two letters that Mark had already published that uh, are extremely confidential as far as the church is concerned. So basically, they're saying saying to the court, what you're asking for is illegal to ask of us, and we're not doing it. Yeah.
1: No big surprise there. I mean, actual attorneys with actual attorney experience would go the hill is this, Mark Means. He didn't even have it served properly anyway. Yeah.
0: Then, of course, we have the response from Lindsay Blake and Rob Wood to Daybell in response to the initial hair fire, you know, uh, accusations against the prosecutor as well as the uh, health and welfare and the church and all of it. Yeah, and it's a lot of the same response that they already provided, you know, to means, except mm-hmm. for that they do, uh, they do, you know, number every single thing that uh, was asked for by Mr. Pryor, and basically, uh, the same rule, Rule 16, basically applies to practically everything he asked for, mm-hmm. but they do also point out that, uh, This entire conversation is based on something that supposedly Lori told Mr. Means and therefore isn't admissible anyway, because she is supposedly incompetent right now. And the fact that we're basing this whole big argument over whether somebody broke the rules based with absolutely no proof whatsoever, except for what Lori says happened, is completely inane. And and they're right. Well, Well, it's right.
1: violates attorney client privilege it violates her rights because she can't give permission
0: mm-hmm. like
1: it's just there's just no way any of this was okay mm-hmm. they do uh
0: back up yet again that there is no brady violation <laughs> over and over again oh, the brady- what the brady violation is this is not it
1: i'm pretty sure i have a clearer understanding of what brady the brady law is versus mark means
0: i at this point Right. Because we've heard it so many times now.
1: Well, and the prosecutor, when they responded to it initially, they basically said that a Brady violation is just is a made up term that a good old Mark Means created. Well, right.
0: Well, Brady is the Brady ruling had to do with if a prosecutor had any kind of evidence that proved the innocence of the accused, that they had a responsibility to turn that over to the attorney, to, to the prosecutor, or to the defense. That's what the it, Brady Clause is. It, it was
1: information that was unknown by the defendant.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So why this continues to come up?
1: Because Mark Means doesn't know the law. Holy crap. Well, and, and basically what the what the prosecutor was saying is that that term, Brady violation, mm-hmm. that isn't how they... That's not even how it's said, right? It's not like they yeah. just made up that he made up that term, and he clearly doesn't understand what that law mm-hmm. is about. What that? Well, it's a
0: ruling. It's a Supreme Court ruling. Yeah, they point out yet again that there was literally no conversation between Mr. McConkie and Prosecutor Wood. They've said it over and over again. An attorney from C- Curtin McConkie called the prosecutor's office and said, "Hey, wanted to let you know, Lori Vallow called us." seeking information or support on finding a new attorney. We told her to call the state bar. If she had any issues, we just wanted to let you know that happened. That was literally less than one minute conversation. And Mr. McConkie didn't make the phone call. One Mm. of his underlings did. And yet, uh, and so what happened is that immediately the prosecutor called who? Well,
1: Lori's attorney
0: that he can stand (laughs) Jim Archibald and well, he's the lead lead attorney in in, in that case. So he called him and said, Hey, I just want to let you know. I just got this phone call. Just wanted to let you know what happened. And right after that, they were in court and they disclosed it to the judge too. and said, just want to let you know, we did have this phone call. Well, Mr. Archibald called Curtin McConkie and just to reiterate with them what was said, and you'll notice he's filed nothing. His hair has yet to become a fire. He's no. fine. Because no. what the prosecutor's office said happened is exactly what happened. But these two cannot accept that. They are mm-hmm. demanding notes from that call that don't exist. They're demanding notes from Mr. McConkie from that call when he never even made the call. Right. It's insanity. Also, Kurt McConkey, McConkie, oh, they are not stupid. They wouldn't have let Lori call them and spill her guts. As soon as no. she called, they went, whoa, whoa, whoa. Nope, we can't help you. And also, right. we're in a different state. There's nothing we could do for you anyway. So, bye-bye.
1: Yeah.
0: Anyway, so basically, that's that's their response. Uh, they did point out that, yet again, defendant Daybell has uh, failed to provide any basis or support for his request to call prosecutor Wood as a witness. Because this just keeps coming up. The defense seems to be very confused about who the witnesses are in this case versus who the prosecutor is. Yeah, and well, Mark Means has made himself a witness. <laughs> it seems like it, right? But, you know, every time Wood has a conversation with someone, you know, per his job, these two freak out and start uh, claiming that he is now a witness. That's yeah. not how any of this works. No. He's not a witness. That's insane. And they made a good argument. I won't share it all. It's a good page long. But they do. One part of it I thought was relevant. Prosecutor Wood is an attorney for the state. And as such, he is not a witness in these proceedings. (laughs) Basically, yet again, they're saying if Mr. Daybell's attorney wants to get information from the Idaho Department of Health and Welfare, then he needs to ask them for it. If he wants information from Curtin McConkie, he needs to ask them for it. There are regulations in place to receive information as an attorney of an accused, and you need to do your job. Quit coming at us, right? As the state telling us that we have to get all this information for you that we don't even have and don't even know if it exists. We don't have it. If you want it, go get it. There is a procedure for doing so. Mm-hmm. Basically, in nicer terms, they said. You know, it, I I'm going to boil it down to this, but basically they're saying, quit being lazy and inflammatory. And if there's something you want to know, go find out.
1: Yeah. So stop making everyone else do your job.
0: Uh huh. And throwing out all of these are diff- these inflammatory accusations without any truth or you know any case in truth is just ridiculous. Right. I'll just read their conclusion, because uh, then we're going to get into little Marky Means's r- brief and. We have to read it. Uh, I'm going to need some. I almost said Midol. I I think I meant Tylenol. (laughs) I think maybe he needs the Midol. Midol. (laughs) Oh, you guys, it's good. All right. Here's the conclusion. Defendant Daybell again mischaracterizes prior statements made by the prosecution. The state has indicated that it doesn't intend to try this case publicly meaning the state has no interest in litigating this case through statements made to the media and baseless allegations. The state intends to ensure the integrity of this case and fairness to all involved in the process, including the defendants. The state will continue to try to preserve the integrity and fairness of this case for all involved. Defendant Daybell's motion is without merit, fails to provide any established or verified allegations to support his requests, Fails to provide any legal authority to support his requested relief and is premature. Wherefore, the state respectfully requests this court deny Defendant Daybell's motion in full and vacate any hearing on this motion. And that was filed on October 22nd, 7th. Sorry, October 27th. Basically, you know, it's pretty much the same response that was given to means, you know, on the same matter, but. Right. So. One interesting thing about means brief. I'm going to go ahead and switch gears over there. The first page is missing. It's just missing. It's a blank page. It's weird, which is kind of weird. Or uh, totally normal per means. Maybe. I right. I wonder if this is how he filed it or if this is redacted for some reason or why we're not seeing it. But page one is blank. And page mm-hmm. two is it, part of Basically, we're missing part of his argument, which is kind of uh, disappointing considering uh, what this shit looks like. But we'll start here. Right. Well,
1: it does make you wonder, though, if some of it, in order to protect Lori's rights, some Perhaps. of it could not Perhaps. be made public. I don't know.
0: So it starts with, appease the personal vendetta against Mr. Means. <laughs> because oh apparently... Mr. Wood has a personal vendetta against Mr. Means. Oh my God, somebody's got a vendetta, but it's not, it's not Wood. (laughs) The projection on that one, the gaslighting in all of this is pretty rich, but that one's pretty amazing. Right? But also, when you be a bitch, you get a bitch, you know? And he's been nothing but nasty to the prosecutor's office, really unnecessarily so.
1: And he doesn't like it when they
0: fight back? Well, weird. Yeah, they finally stood up to him,
1: and yeah. uh, he's hims is pissed now.
0: Yeah. So let's let's try and uh, put piece this together. Missing the beginning of it, appease the personal vendetta against Mister Means in this matter is cause for his disqualification and or withdrawal from this matter.
1: So he's trying to get Woods kicked off the case again. Okay. Uh huh. Same song, yeah. different day.
0: He is determined to dethrone the king. Determined. It's just never going to happen because he's not broken the law. Well, and, the, and it means
1: nothing, even if it did happen. Right. His client is still going
0: to be charged with first-degree murder. It doesn't right. matter who the prosecutor is. Well, and he started picking at Lindsey Blake a few months ago in the same way mm-hmm, that made me did. go, okay, so it doesn't matter who the prosecutors are, he's going to pull this. Yes, yeah, and
1: it's just a tactic. Well, but the other part of it is is that What does this have to do with
0: Lori's case? What? The vendetta against Mr. Means? What at all? The concerns of the miscarriage and manipulation of justice in this matter is set out as follows. Oh, boy. One, Mr. Wood made it blatantly obvious of his desire to have my office withdraw and or disqualified in this matter to his off-the-record Coercion, manipulation, unethical, threatening statements to Mrs. Summer Shiflet. Oh, God, we're back on that. Prior to Ms. <laughs> Shiflet's statement to the Rexburg Police Department, he wishes to have Mr. Means disqualified so that Lori, <laughs> I was like, why is Lori in quotes? I'm right. Why is Lori in quotes? Would be encouraged to talk. To the prosecution through an appointed public defender. It is rich that he's bringing this up because it's already been ruled on. Uh, yeah. As and I can't imagine knows. that the judge doesn't look at this and go, oh, are you kidding me?
1: Son of a bitch. Not mm-hmm. again.
0: Yeah. In this recording and since then discovered as discovery responses are unquestionably delayed by the prosecution... What does all that mean? Well, Mr. Wood has engaged in further slanderous actions, insulting attorney means, attorney means, (laughs) and called him to material witness, April Raymond, the bane of his existence. Now, did Wood tell April that what means is the bane of his existence? I don't know. But if he did, maybe it's because he is. I don't know. It's not an untrue statement.
1: We all know it. If you've been following this case for any amount of time, you know that's the case. The bane of his existence, that is hilarious.
0: But he also doesn't provide any proof to that in this brief.
1: No, of course. He He never provides any proof. It's always just, I say
0: it, so therefore it is true. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, we're going to have to also read the footnotes because they are comedy gold. Oh, no. So the first footnote uh refers to the statement the summer shiftlet debacle and if you don't mm-hmm. know what that is this is the first time that means tried to get uh the prosecutor thrown off of the case because he had a conversation with a witness in which he talked a little shit on Mark Means and it hurt his little feelings and he tried to have him removed from the whole case there was a huge hearing on it it was very contentious it was funny as hell and he lost Well, and the whole thing happened in
1: front of Summer Shiflett's attorney, and she never Mm -hmm. had any problem with anything that was said. He never did.
0: recorded it. Yes, but he did record it without the knowledge of the prosecutor and send it over to Mr. Means.
1: Yeah, so there was some shit stirring there.
0: That's the same attorney, Mr. Smith, who then got in big trouble for releasing a bunch of really slanderous statements about Brandon... uh, Boudreaux. Boudreaux and ended up with millions of dollars in damages against him this later this year uh, he's yeah. an idiot so yeah. anyway so but the footnote this is classic man detectives of this police department are believed to have been involved in this manipulation as part and parcel of these unjust actions please see the attached shiflet transcript dr davidson uncontested professional analysis of this behavior. That makes no sense, but okay.
1: Well, remember they called in that dude Mm -hmm. that tried to say that the whole thing was... Oh, yeah. This is just a a rehash of what already happened and has been Mm -hmm. ruled upon by the judge.
0: As the court has taken judicial notice of matters from previous cases involving the defendant, it may do so now regarding the motion to disqualify Mr. Wood, of which he offered no evidence to the to the evidence presented in the matter. Mr. Wood's counsel cited a local boy to the Madison County area judge to maintain his position against disqualification. Again, I don't even know what that means.
1: That's just word salad. That yeah. doesn't mean anything.
0: The second the footnote boy. and the third footnote uh, have to do with, that the sorry the phrase he wishes to have mr means disqualified so that Lori would not would be encouraged to talk to the prosecution through an appointed public defender so footnotes 2 and 3 mm. believed to be mr archibald based on previous conversations with mr wood please note to no intent or insult to mr archibald or his legal abilities to or expertise mm-hmm. okay oh Mr. Archibald Archibald's is not interested in investigating this matter based on what appears to be Mr. Wood's representation. He forgets to use an S so often that I just, I don't know. Does he speak English? Like first language, second language? It's like, it's not all put together. Uh, all right, I'll start over. Mr. Archibald is not interested in investigating this matter based on what appears to be Mr. Wood's representation that he would not call LDS attorney as a witness. Is you hear here what he's doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This approach, if allowed by this court, is the ultimate sweeping under the rug. Remember he tweeted just recently a GIF of someone sweeping something under the rug? Yes. Here it is. The Idaho Health and Welfare LDS attorney prosecution should be investigated to see how deep this manipulation has occurred. By victim shaming and bully tactics, victim shaming. Now, do you have any idea who he's claiming the victim is?
1: Uh, it's Lori? little Lori. Over Lori? and over, in
0: the brief he refers to Lori as the victim.
1: Oh, good Christ. Lori's not the victim. Chief a, a murderer. By victim oh shaming God. and
0: bully tactics, they appear to be concerned of what an investigation will unveil. Oh, do they now?
1: Pretty sure they're not concerned.
0: Yep. Holy
1: crap.
0: Now, remember, he called April Raymond the bane of his existence and further references to his LDS status as a bishop and membership in, again, attempts to build a straw man case on an unethical foundation of sand. (laughs) He's drinking. Please tell me he's drinking. Like, what is this? A straw man, Yeah.
1: what does that have to do with sand? Like, that's not the right... No. But also, no proof. He
0: files no proof about the conversation with April. He's just throwing stuff at the wall. As usual. In addition, Mr. Wood, the prosecution, and the Idaho Health and Welfare got caught. As stated and testified by Dr. Newton... University of Idaho law ethics professor in attempted manipulation of mentally incompetent defendant and now shift blame to attorney means, as was the case with attorney Garrett Smith in the above referenced Shiflet matter. What? First of all, Dr. <laughs> Newton testified in the Shiflet matter, right. and he's trying to attach that to this one. Dr. Newton didn't testify about the Idaho Health and Welfare or Mr. Wood getting caught in anything. Sure didn't. This de facto victim shaming of Lori.
1: Victim shaming.
0: The depths of desperation engaged by a caught individual with a heightened obligation, heightened, to (laughs) comply with ethical rules and guidelines is nauseating. The ethical standards of my office, own, Lori. Own. I think that was supposed to say, oh, Oh. but that is a very interesting Freudian slip.
1: Surely is.
0: (laughs) So the way he wrote it, the ethical standards of my office, own, Lori, an assertive advocacy to address and prevent miscarriage of her rights. That's where it is. That's the mic drop right there, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Because he does think he owns Lori. Yeah, he certainly does. Just like the way he tried to demand that he be advised of every pill that went in her mouth and every conversation she had with a therapist. Yeah. And the court's like, you're not a doctor. No, she's in their custody now, not ours. She's, you know. Yeah. There's something very unhealthy about this relationship. Very oh unhealthy.
1: Gosh, it is.
0: It is. Shouldn't be allowed to go on for her safety. Well, no, because sake. she has a very unhealthy idea of who Mr. Means is. And I'm starting to think that he agrees. You baby boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Much like the agents of the Idaho Health and Welfare, this prosecutor is attempting to use his local status and position of authority to circumvent Lori's constitutionally protected right to her choice of counsel
1: the agents of the Department of Health and Welfare. Yeah. Boy, he just never stops twisting this narrative to fit Mm -hmm. his own.
0: Any possible means, ethical or not, are not beyond the accusations of this prosecutor. The clear, self-evident manner of this case is being prosecuted is quite simply the ends justify the means. He's used this phrase many times.
1: Mm-hmm. Trying
0: to, you know, intend that somebody is doing something illegal, but they'll do anything, anything.
1: You know, the thing is, that it's not even hard to uh, convict these two morons for their murders. Right. They um, left absolute stacks and stacks of evidence against them.
0: There are literal so, terabytes of evidence against them.
1: Yes. So arrogant. They made no attempt at all, really,
0: mm-hmm. to
1: cover up what they did. As yeah. if, Means is always talking about how desperate they are to, you know, to have the, to create evidence and all this crap. It's like, no, nah, they're they're really not. They don't even need to be desperate. Like,
0: no, they've made no. it pretty easy on them. hmm. Removal of attorney means by way of accusation of contempt due to obligatory advocacy for Lori is not only illogical, but laced with malicious personal undertones in a misguided attempt to redirect the court purview to further investigation of this matter by way of special prosecutor, discovery, subpoenas, and criminal depositions. There is no criminal activity no but and also the personal vendetta Mm -hmm.
1: is means against wood Mm -hmm. it is his own Mm -hmm. he is
0: showing Mm -hmm. his ass all over this thing totally so we'll have to read the footnotes on this page too i usually skip them but they're too damn good to pass so number four uh footnote is in relation to the comment about the building a straw man case out of an unethical foundation of sand. (laughs) To a criminal defense attorney, this insult is quite complimentary. But this was said to a material witness while the material witness was giving statements relevant to the matter. Mr. Wood's presence in Hawaii for these interview at the taxpayer expense, where he jokes about having to travel to different islands in Hawaii for potential interviews, and engaging in defamatory behaviors is clear sign of an individual, again, grammarly for Christ's sake, Mm -hmm. that quite possible engages in similar unethical and or unconstitutional behaviors to attempt to stay employed as prosecutor.
1: To attempt to stay employed. Yeah, it's been real tough on him.
0: These behaviors remind also me... also very
1: concerned about the state's budget on this situation. Yeah. My ass he is.
0: These behaviors remind me of tactics used by an insecure elementary school bully. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I we got mean, insecure
0: going on for sure, Mr. Means, but it's not right. the prosecutor. No. Footnote 5 uh, was referencing the comment... The ends justify the means. The footnote note is, no pun intended. Oh, you know the means. Like, why is that in here? That is so unprofessional. (laughs) I mean, not that this isn't all, but again, Mister Wood (laughs) has made himself a material witness in this matter's. Oh, for Christ's sake.
1: The only material witness is the guy that signed under threat of perjury Perjury. that this affidavit was true and correct. And that would be one marky means. Mm -hmm. With no evidence whatsoever to back himself up. No statements from anyone. Only statements from him. He made himself a witness. Yeah.
0: It is the intent to call Mr. Wood for a full accounting, not limited to the following... Of his personal dealings with the material witnesses in this matter and to fully expose for the court and jury his self and jury. (laughs) There's there's no no jury. Not yet. Mm -mm. His self imposed manipulative tax tactics in regard to this matter. This includes but not limited to his LDS status membership calling repeatedly disclosed, unsolicited in most instances. Two witnesses, personal insults to counsel and defendants, withholding, concealment of evidence, etc., he should do the ethical thing, especially given the notice of seeking the death penalty for Mr. Daybell and recuse himself. (laughs) His previous and current involvement bring this entire prosecution into question and concern.
1: (laughs) This guy is unhinged. I mean, how much coke did he snort while he was typing
0: this? Good question. Uh, Regarding the facts surrounding this matter that warrant investigation, we know without questions within us. Mm -hmm. A. Lori, currently incompetent and unable to stand for trial, was manipulated by agents slash employees of the Idaho Health and Welfare to make statements to an LDS attorney who was clearly not her attorney, knowing full well that Lori has counsel. This LDS attorney took the call and engaged in conversations with Lori. This LDS attorney then called to report this phone call and its contents to Mr. Wood. This LDS attorney did not at this time call defense counsel. Mr. Wood then at some time... According to the prosecutor's office, it was immediately. But he keeps mm-hmm. saying uh, whenever they felt like it, they went ahead. Right. Uh, called. Oh, uh, then at some time reported the call to Mr. Archibald. Mr. Archibald called LDS attorney. And then only then did a phone call come to Mr. Archibald from this LDS attorney. Not as imply in an attached issue statement. Again, what the hell does that mean? Finally, we know from Mr. Wood had a more detailed conversation with this LDS counsel by his own statements expressed to this court that Lori was seeking new counsel, compared to his statements to Archibald that nothing was discussed and or implied in his contempt filings now. (laughs) This guy
1: is... He's unhinged. He's about to uh, implode. He's about yeah. to lose
0: his entire law career over this shit. Like, yeah, I, it kills me how every single he never now he's not uh, directly referencing Mr. McConkie. Now no. he's just saying this LDS, LDS attorney. attorney over yeah. and over and over. This LDS attorney. You wouldn't have to say LDS attorney. No, you could. But see, he already swore under threat of perjury, that it was Daniel McConkie. Right. But Curtin McConkie says it was not Daniel McConkie. So now he's saying this LDS attorney, because he doesn't know who it was.
1: Right. Right. Trying to cover his own ass, which is
0: way too late. Also, it's very possible that Curtin McConkey employed attorneys who weren't LDS.
1: He sees all of you,
0: not the church,
1: right? Right, well, but you see that there's this huge bias in Mark means Mm -hmm. against the Mormon church, and I, yeah, I mean, I have to say, in this situation, I I don't
0: think it's their fault,
1: I don't think they did anything, Mm
0: -hmm. yeah, yes. So, footnotes it is Mr. Wood's letter. And it this is here i we've not seen this before, but it is included in this brief. It is Mr. Wood's letter to Madison County, Idaho Board of Commissions letter, dated three sixteen twenty one where he expresses his office's inability to prosecute this matter and requests assistance despite his elected tax paid funded employment duties. This is when they ask mm. to bring on mrs or Miss Smith, the right special prosecutor because she has a lot more experienced prosecuting the death penalty. Right. In no way in that letter does he say that he has an inability to prosecute this matter. He says that due to the scope of this matter, they feel like they need some specialized assistance. Right. right. And the commissioners of Madison County said we will pay for that. Yeah, they sure did. And this is evidence of what means? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that he should that he should recuse himself because he's, he, he's, he's bad. He's just bad, bad, bad. Mm-hmm. And he should recuse himself because he doesn't know what he's doing and he's mean and naughty and he's a schoolyard bully and bad, bad, bad.
1: Mm-hmm. It's pretty much,
0: yeah. Footnote eight, completely irrelevant and unrelated to rehabilitation treatment and quite possible unethical actions of persons in authority and control of Lori. Remember, because they forced her to make that phone call.
1: Which, no, they did not. Uh-oh. We, we got lost there for a moment. Oh. You said footnote eight. Oh, well. And then things went black for a moment here on the video.
0: Footnote eight, completely irrelevant and unrelated to rehabilitation treatment and quite possibly unethical actions of persons in authority and control of Lori. You know, because he's still trying to claim that they forced her to call Curtin McConkey. I don't believe that for one moment. Would not do. No. But also, this is Mark Means broadcasting to the public Lori's mental health treatment. Right. Yet again,
1: he's violating, violating her, rights. her
0: rights. He's so concerned about her rights being violated while he's violating them.
1: Yeah. Well, he's the problem.
0: Furthermore, this is an attempt to continue to drive a wedge between co counsels in the defense of Lori. The court, this court, sua sponte, appointed Mr. Archibald as a death penalty counsel in a case of which no death penalty notice has ever been filed in this matter. Because she's in the hospital, you potato. You know that. Yeah. The court appointed. As soon as she is released, you potato.
1: (laughs) As soon as she is released, that's the first thing that's going to happen is that she's going to, you know, be arraigned on these new charges.
0: The court appointed Mr. Archibald as co-counsel, and it is self-evident, self-evident, that there are competing theories of defense and avenues of advocacy, or Lori, as illustrated in this matter. Was that supposed to say for Lori? Anyway, self-evident that me and Archibald aren't getting along, and that's somehow the prosecutor's fault.
1: We're not looking at defending this in the same way,
0: yeah. This conflict is a direct assault on Lori's right of counsel of her choice and an unnecessary interference to her rights as a unified defense imposed solely by this court. Because you are not qualified to do this means. You're not. You never were. Clearly. So much not. and The court is
1: trying to protect Lori's rights.
0: Yeah. So, uh, footnotes. He has attached the statement by the firms. It's killing me how he will not name them now. Please see attached news release statement by the LDS law firm involved in this matter. Please not the subtle discrepancies. Note, maybe? Note. The subtle discrepancies of not releasing or identifying the specific attorney involved in the call. Please see in this statement that there is no mention of the notes this LDS attorney alleged kept from that phone call, or have they been produced to my office as of yet?
1: (laughs) Well, he may have gotten wise to the fact that they're going to sue his ass for all Mm -hmm. this bullshit, so now he doesn't dare name them.
0: Mm -hmm. Please notice that this statement did not mention the attorney desired to be removed is Mr. Jim Archibald. <laughs> He's yes, mad. Be very sure. Because no one said it was Jim that's supposed to get kicked off the case, not Lori's blue-eyed angel baby boy. Right. As the Suez Sponte appointed public defender for a death penalty case that does not legally exist against Lori. Please notice <laughs> the subsequent calls reference to imply calls were made to her counsel and prosecutor. Please note a Utah state bar complaint has been filed in this matter with requests for an investigation. Oh homies. no. Oh, 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 oh. How many ways can one guy cook his own goose? Uh right? Cuz if he causes any problems for Daniel
1: McConkey, Daniel McConkey's going to have his head on a platter mm-hmm. and he is not going Messy to put around. up with any shit. I wouldn't either. No.
0: Poor Daniel McConkey did nothing. Nothing no. wrong. Please note that Mr. Wood has filed contradictory affidavits regarding his office/slash detectives access to privileged communications between Mr. Means and Lori previously.
1: Oh, are you kidding me? We're mm-hmm. back on this. Yes. The uh Mark Means doesn't know how to use the Tellmate system and he screwed uh-huh. up and got some of his private calls with his with his client recorded because he's an idiot. Uh-huh. And the prosecutor let him know and deleted the calls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, real yep. bad guy there. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Finally, Mr. Wood references further ex parte communication with this court of which my office was not notified or allowed an opportunity to participate. This reeks of an attempt to conceal a guilty conscience. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, you're conscious and you're
0: guilty and guilty of being an idiot, so I guess so. Honey, honey, if you were going for a smoking gun, that ain't it, because you didn't spell conscience correctly. Right. (laughs) Wherefore, defendant requests this contempt matter be dismissed forthwith. To allow the prosecution to further this matter is to allow intimidation, childish tactics, be further directed at the defense to consume the very limited resources of the defense compared to the prosecution's blank check it strains credulity to believe a prosecution would file a victim shaming contempt motion in an attempt to further thwart the basic constitutional rights of Lori. Any further relief as discovered through the above motion slash production slash disclosures as become evident. Signed by Little Marky Means. Oh, my God. And then he attaches. I mean, this in itself was eight pages. He has attached 62 pages of transcripts from the conversation between Summer Shiflet and Rob Wood. Oh boy! As well as uh, some other kind part of the transcription that they break down how many words were said, how many times, and stuff. It's really weird. Mm-hmm. And then all of the uh, all of his expert witnesses, you know, from the hearing that he lost, they're all here too. As well as some that uh, you know, letter to the commissioners asking to help bring on the special prosecution. Mm-hmm. You know, that he says in that letter that Woods said that he is not capable of prosecuting this case. He never says anything of the like. But thanks for including mm-hmm. the letter so we could all see that. Then he includes a bio of Daniel S. McConkey from <laughs> Curtin McConkie as well as his picture. Basically the same thing anyone could have printed off of their website. Right. Uh, the statement from Curtin McConkie. And... Yeah, that's it. Wow.
1: As though this is all somehow evidence of his insanity.
0: <laughs> if I were the prosecutor, I would want Woods gone. And it's not because he... Or Woods. I would want Means gone. And it's not because of a personal vendetta though Means has done his damnedest to create one. Oh, he surely has. It's because this is unhinged bullshit. And... Yeah. Him publicly violating Lori's constitutional rights, violating confidentiality, attacking everyone around him without any merit or proof. Right. I would want him off of this case, too, because I would really worry that down the road, it's not going to be hard at all for Lori with some new counsel to go, well, she had bad representation because her lawyer was crazy.
1: Yeah, we, we all know. Well, in the tremendous waste of time and money that all of this, because they all get back into court all over, you know, over and over again for this stuff. And this has nothing to do with the issue at hand, which is Lori's dead children Yeah, and Chad's dead wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, holy shit.
0: You know, but we figured that there was trouble in paradise between Means and Archibald, which I don't oh. know if there's any trouble on Archibald's end at all. I think he's just doing his job. Right. But Means owns Lori, don't you know? Yes. It's right here in black and white. It is. Yeah. It I don't know is. if I've ever seen a more Freudian slip than that.
1: Oh, boy. That was quite a slip to use that word because <sighs> it's mm-hmm. certainly, you know. Yeah is shown over and over again
0: in his uh, behavior. So again, this was filed before they went to court on Thursday. And then they had that big closed door conversation. We don't know if that uh, the counselor that was uh, subpoenaed was there. She probably was. She was subpoenaed. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was an order from the attorney general's office to seal that. It's possible that all happened right then and there.
1: It it's have. also
0: possible that the judge has already settled this and said, I'm done with it. Though we haven't seen any orders to quash or anything from him, but maybe we won't, you know, maybe we won't. so we don't know what's going to happen on the flip side of this, or if it's already happened and we just don't know it yet. Right. So, you know, all we can do is keep an eye on what we can see of filings. Right. And pay attention to those things. And that that is what we're doing. But Anyway, uh, again, I I think it's a really good point, Christy, that none of this has anything to do with the fact that Tylee and JJ and Tammy were murdered, among others, by these fools. But the other thing you guys might not know is that, according to Court TV, on Friday in Fremont County, there was another grand jury meeting uh, regarding the Vallow case. So are there more charges coming? What right. was that about? We do not have any idea. Know.
1: Are there charges coming against other people? Right. You know, there have been a lot of people that have, you know, we've had real questions about. Are some of them yeah, getting is Melanie charges? Melanie
0: going to, you know, get hers now? Is that, are there more charges?
1: Melanie Pulaski.
0: Is this something, yeah, Melanie Pulowski. What's, what's going on there? But yeah, there was a grand jury on Friday. Which yeah. could have been going on again today for, you know, as far as we know. We Certainly don't know. Could've.
1: No. So, we won't know until there's an outcome. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But Crazy. we'll be keeping our eyes and ears open because Definitely. there probably will be an outcome by the end of this week. So, I would think so. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's very interesting. Doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Lots of big doings. So anyway, there you go. That's that's what we know. That's what we see, and of course, uh, all opinions herein are just our opinions. <laughs>
1: but but it, it does appear that means is getting more and more and more more and more unhinged. Oh, and you know where is this headed?
0: Mm-hmm. And we will, in case updates are in our uh, case description, I will provide links to these briefs so that you can go and read them for yourself if you'd like to. Uh, it's always kind of interesting. You can get your, mm-hmm. if you want to, for fun and just for some English practice, you could print out I news mean, briefs and get out your red pen and your red pen. Yeah. go to town. <laughs> it might take you a few hours. You might need more than one pen. You might run out of ink. But it'd actually be kind of fun to download these and upload them through Grammarly and just let her do her work and see what because <laughs> she grades you. She grades you. Right. Oh, so you write geez. something and she gives you like a 72 percent or whatever. Anyway. Hmm. Means not getting a good grade in grammarly. You're not getting a 72%, I'll tell you that, because I frequently do, and I'm a pretty good writer. But... Yes, you are. <laughs> so <laughs> you are a published author, and a
1: good writer means on the other hand, doesn't know what the yeah. I don't know. It's just all word salad. He's just so angry now mm-hmm. and he's making this about himself. All about him. Yep. So that and that's just so bizarre.
0: Well, that's really concerning. It really is. concerning because he does have a very, very vulnerable client who needs to be represented appropriately. Right. And I I think that anyone with a brain at this point, but you know, I also, you got to kind of point out, he just keeps hammering back at the fact that uh, the taxpayers are paying for the prosecutor. Paying for We're paying for Mark too. Yeah. And I don't know I about you guys, but this taxpayer thinks that surely there's something better than this
1: right yeah i i would agree with that
0: but anyhow interesting though to see uh him actually reference some uh you know disruption in the force between him and archibald mm-hmm. hilarious that he's blaming that on the prosecutor like how in the <laughs> hell is that the prosecutor's fault because everything is the prosecutor's fault mm-hmm. Poor i'll bet he stubs his toe and yells damn you would yeah i bet he does where we're at at this point yep mm-hmm. Well, this is our Tuesday case. We are going to be back tomorrow for a Wednesday case. And then we'll be back Wednesday night for our uh, case update show. And I'm sure there'll be plenty coming. Oh, there always is. I don't even know what. Right off the top of my head, but I know there'll be lots because, man, the crime world has been bonkers lately, as you all know.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, uh, well, there'll be lots to report because uh, Maxwell, the Maxwell trial is going on. The uh, Dugger trial is going on, and there's a lot that's gone on in that. Here in the last few days, we'll have plenty to talk about there, okay. and lots of other stuff, I'm sure.
1: Oh yeah, it's only just begun.
0: Boy, hasn't it? Alrighty, well, thanks for being here, you guys. This has been yet another production of True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Take care. Bye, guys.